That's going to get back with you after the bye. The Jaguars have seven games remaining, and it's going to be a tough out coming up here on Sunday. Here comes Baltimore a couple of weeks off of their bye. And, you know, I guess the one major difference you can say about the Ravens compared to the Jaguars is Baltimore finds ways to win games late in the fourth quarter where, of course, the Jags have had leads in, uh, what, seven or eight of the ten, but haven't been able for the most part to hold on. Rick Ballou with Hayes. Carline Hayes, let's get things cranked up and uh, let's begin by thanking our sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. Happy early Thanksgiving to everybody and we're certainly thankful for Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Our good buddy John Spicklemeyer uh, can take care of all your car insurance needs. Give him a call at 471-7155. Make sure you're paying what you should be paying for your car insurance. A lot of us are paying more than we should be. I know I was and John Spicklemeyer got that fixed for me. So again, John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency 471-7155. Yeah, Rick, it's, uh, I got a chance to see Baltimore uh, in person uh, during the bye week. My wife, Jean, is a big Ravens fan, so we went up to visit some of her friends uh, up in Baltimore, and we went to the Panthers-Ravens game. And that's the thing. Like, from There were a lot of areas in that game where if you're the, if you're the Jaguars, you're watching that saying, okay, all right, yeah, we're, we're ready for these guys, but... You know, they find a way to, to pull a 3-3 game out in the fourth quarter and win 13-3, to and you're right. That's just sort of been their M.O. If they have to win by scoring a lot, they can do it. If they have to win a game in which the offense only puts up 13, they can do it. Lamar Jackson is 44-15 and as a starter in the NFL, and uh, again, he's just 25 years old. So uh, it's a winning organization. They're going to come here expecting to win. They don't sleepwalk. Uh, John Harbaugh doesn't normally allow that to happen so uh if the jaguars are going to win uh they're going to have to play a really really strong game i think they're capable of doing that particularly coming off a bye where they can sort of figure some things out but a big big challenge to start us off on this uh final seven game run a very difficult seven game run for the jaguars yeah it's going to be difficult there's no doubt i think they had the third easiest schedule according to pro football it was either focus or outsiders uh had that and you know, that, that turns significantly now for Jacksonville, including four out of their next six on the road. All right, when you get to Lamar Jackson, obviously he's a dual threat. I think most would take their chances on being able to defend him and do a great job against their rushing attack and try to make Jackson beat you by throwing the football in the air. Uh, we've seen some mobile quarterbacks this year that Jacksonville has faced, particularly Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, uh, among others. Um, I, I, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, when you look at what Jacksonville is going to try to do now, there's the big story this week that Chad Moomba is going to be rotating with Devin Lloyd. What's the best possible way to go about trying to slow down Lamar Jackson with his feet this weekend? I think you just pretty much have to play zone the whole time, right? I mean, the last thing I think you can do is have your corners and, and linebackers turning their back to Lamar Jackson. So uh, that sort of fits, I think, what the Jaguars have kind of realized that they have to do, uh, which is probably play more zone than they want, um, because you, you've got to have eyes on him, or he will just absolutely rip your heart out of your chest with a big run. And uh, he's got uh, 666 rushing yards this season. Rick, I believe that's the mark of the beast. Um, <laughs> and uh, and three touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much just have to, you know, uh, take away the run. And if he beats you with the pass, you, you allow that. But from watching them this past Sunday, 
man, their receivers are really bad. I mean, I, Demarcus Robinson and Duvernay, I mean, they obviously they have the talented Rashad Bateman, but he's hurt. You know, he had a nice uh, game in week one, suffered a foot injury. So, uh, and Mark Andrews is is great. But if I'm the Jaguars, man, I'm I'm living in zone and Mark Andrews isn't beating me and I'm keeping eyes on Lamar Jackson. He still may break one on you. I mean, he's that talented, but under no circumstances can you play man and, and allow, you know, huge, huge openings for Lamar Jackson to escape because he will. Baltimore, obviously, right now is a team that is uh, headed towards the playoffs. They're in first place right now overall in the AFC South. And, you know, for what it's worth, I I think that the third best team in the AFC behind both Kansas city and Buffalo, but again, they, they play 60 minute games. They don't seem to really pull away from people that that's always kind of been the way things have worked uh, under John Harbaugh. And I guess you can make the case that, you know, that's pretty similar to the way things are in the NFL. And when we turn around now and get to Jacksonville, you know, this is an impressive team if you really dive inside the numbers. And, you know, they've improved by a touchdown offensively so far in 10 games. Uh, it's incredible. They're, they're literally up seven points a game. Defense, they've improved by six points a game. Yet you wonder going into this, what's next? Where does Jacksonville go? Do they, do they take a serious step forward and, and knock off some of these playoff teams like Baltimore like Denver, like Tennessee twice, or is a little bit more of the same old, same old, where you can see the improvement, but when the final clock hits, the Jacksonville Jaguars find themselves losing a football game by three, four, seven points or what have you. That's what I think we're going to see. I I just think you are who you are through 10 games, and to think that they're going to radically change that. I understand Doug Peterson having to get up in front of the podium today and say, you know, hey, we feel like, you know, we've got seven games left. We, We feel like we're still right in this thing. Well, of course, because mathematically, 10 wins is still on the table. Uh, so I, I understand that that's got to be their mentality. I think this is going to be a 5-12 and 12 team that somehow has a positive point differential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that could happen. What are they, plus 11 now heading into this yeah. weekend's game? Yeah, 3-7 and seven, <laughs> and they're plus 11 and point yeah. differential. The curse continues. a lot of sense. Yeah, and, you know, there's been so many upsets. I mean, this league is is so hard to figure out uh, right now. I mean, what, within the division, um, you're going to have another quarterback change in Houston. We saw the second pick in the draft, and, and just the way he handled himself, Zach Wilson in New York, uh, just, uh, you know, j- just a, a total discredit to him and really the entire organization. You know, I think that's been lost a little bit around here for all the Trevor Lawrence criticism that he has faced at least he is a smart enough guy a good enough guy and even when you question leadership abilities to be able to stand up there and take the bullet whether it's his fault or not I think says an awful lot about a 23 year old quarterback because frankly there's others in the league who've done it before and will do it again who would not show that type of responsibility so say what you want about Lawrence on the field this year, and I think you and I would agree that, that he has improved. Certainly his maturation in dealing with things off the field is the exact opposite of what we saw with Zach Wilson. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I think Zach Wilson left the Jets really no choice. I mean, not only is he playing miserably, but you know it looks like he's even worse you know, in the locker room and, and in terms of accepting accountability. And 
you know, you know as well as I do that this league is all about accountability and, you know, it's a meritocracy. And, you know, these veterans, they're just not going to tolerate a coach that continues to throw a guy out there. You know, it, you know, that's not a cliche when coaches say, I don't care where you were drafted. Uh, and he's he's had enough chances and he's not figuring it out. So I, I don't think there was anything uh, that Robert Sala could do other than sit Zach Wilson down. It, it doesn't mean that you can never go back to him. But you've got to, you know, show the other veterans that, you know, you guys are, are in this to win and, you know, you're going to play the guys that have earned it. And if a guy isn't earning it, then he's going to lose those reps. And I, I, I think we all developed a deeper appreciation for Trevor Lawrence in the bye week because, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, we had to listen to a lot of people saying, well, I'd rather have Zach Wilson. We've had to listen to a lot of people say, well, Mac Jones had the best rookie year. You know, he's better. We've had, you know, to li- there were even people that thought Davis Mills, you know, for what he did last year as a rookie, you know, da- <laughs> Davis Mills is the guy, you know, and you're seeing all these guys sort of fading away uh, from that class. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to only continue to get better. And again, he's just he's such a good face of the franchise because he is always going to accept accountability. He's never done anything other than accept accountability. Now that he may have a, a perspective on a play that makes us sort of scratch our head. Like on that second goal line pick, he was like, Well, the decision was fine. I just made a bad throw. Well, I didn't like the decision. The throw was atrocious. Um, but again, at least it's He's never gotten up there and put it on anybody else other than himself. And, uh, you know, really, again, when you when you start to see some of these younger quarterbacks, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like the complaints I've had with Trevor are now a little bit more nitpicky than anything else. I mean, there's things that I'd like as he grows there's things that I'd like him to do a better job of. I'd like to see more fire. You and I have talked about that. Um, you know, I, I you know, obviously you don't want to see him make the same mistakes. You know that he's ma- that he's that he's made so far this year. But uh, but I think he's going to have a uh, a good seven games here. I mean, it's it's going to be difficult, and I don't know that it's going to result in a lot of wins because I think you know they're, to beat Dallas, they're going to have to score a ton of points. I you know there's a chance to win Sunday, they're going to have to score a, a, a good amount of points, even though Baltimore only put up 13 against Carolina. Uh, you don't ever know about Tennessee. Derrick Henry might run for 200 yards. Well, there's not much Trevor Lawrence can do about that if that happens. Um, so you go down the line and uh, and we'll see. And then there's some really talented defenses that he's going to see, but. I, I do feel like Trevor Lawrence, by the time we get to the end of the year, if he's healthy, that's that's the biggest thing. He needs to get out of the seven games healthy. But if he's able to do that, I think we're going into 2023 with absolutely no doubt that this is Trevor Lawrence's team. And, and whether they want to bring back C.J. Beathard or, you know, some other journeyman, uh, that the backup and and bringing in you know the filling out the rest of that room I do not think is going to be a big talking point for us in the off season like it's going to be in some of these franchises that did invest highly in a quarterback in the previous draft. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes once again in the NFL with you know including Lamar Jackson going to be a free agent. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent. Tom yeah. Brady is going to be a free agent. Daniel Aaron Jones, Rogers. I think, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Is is Aaron Rodgers going to get traded? I mean, there are QBs uh, all across the league that are, are going to be moved one way or another. And, you know, we'll see a new starters. I mean, Sam Darnold back in in Carolina, the team that you watched last week in Baltimore, 
And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that with the Ravens. They only put up 13, but this is still a high-powered offense. I mean, they're averaging 24.8 a game. That is within the top 10 in the NFL. They're one of the only teams in the National Football League that is top 10 in scoring offense as well as top 10 in scoring defense. So, you know, let's, let's look at this the rest of the way through. We understand that they're going to try to win this game Sunday, and they're going to put the best possible players out there that they believe can help them win. The only wrinkle is the Lloyd Muma uh, situation, which, uh, frankly, I like because, you, you know, in my opinion, uh, a Khan is just like Roy Robertson-Harris, Rayshon Jenkins, and Shaq Griffin. I think it's basically a two-year contract where he could be done at the end of the 2023 season. I also wonder about the entire scheme possibly changing. Could it be a 4-3 in a year? And if that's the case, let's let's get both Muma and Lloyd plenty of experience. But where do you come into play with – we've seen Buster Brown. He's gotten some burn now as of late, although I'll say I don't necessarily agree with the way that they've been using him when he has come in. Uh, you know, it gets back to the Walker Little question. I, I, I have a feeling there's going to be another offseason where that's going to be one of the major talking points, depending on whether or not they do end up re-signing uh, Juwan Taylor. So where are you with that? Stay with the front five the way that it's been. It's worked well. I mean, it's been a better offensive line this year than in years past. Still not anywhere near perfect, and we certainly saw that against Kansas City when they were able to get uh, five sacks, including, you know, Chris Jones was just a beast against Sheriff and, and Taylor. But where are you with, you know, with the whole Walker Little offensive line? And, you know, let's even say some burn maybe for Snoop Connor late in the year. I mean, you wasted it. If we're going to brag, if this city's going to brag about acquiring a fifth-round pick for James Robinson, I think in the same sentence we should say, well, wait a minute. Did they waste a fifth-round pick? on Snoop Connor. So where are you with these rookies and, and Walker Little? I, I think they have to lose two more games before you start seeing things like that. Now, once they lose the two and they've guaranteed themselves a losing season, uh, you know, then I think at that point you really do need to start seeing some of these guys. Uh, you know, So I, I think it's getting close. I don't know that we're there yet. The Jawan Taylor thing is interesting because – they're probably already thinking about comp picks, which this franchise is, hasn't had since the Eisenhower administration. But yeah. you know, if uh, if Jawan Taylor does sign a big deal, uh, you know, they could get a third, fourth round comp pick because the Jaguars aren't going to be very active in free agency. They've made that clear. So, uh, you know, if if let's say Jawan Taylor signs a pretty big deal. A deal that maybe surprises us, but some team that says, look, you know, we're in desperate need of a right tackle. He's young. He's played a lot of football. He'll play his best football here. You know, he, he could be somebody's Jeremy Parnell, I guess is what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, if that happens and he gets a big deal and then let's say Evan Ingram signs somewhere on a, on a modest deal. Well, you might end up getting, you know, if, if you're signing really nothing but plan C guys, which is what I think they're going to have to do. Uh, yeah. You know, you may get a, a pretty nice comp pick, which, uh, you know, I, I think that they're going to try to protect as much as possible. If you bench Juwan Taylor, then, you know, you, you probably are, are hurting or well, you definitely are hurting his value. It's just a question of, uh, you know, will it will it come back to truly hurt his value? My guess is Juwan Taylor, as long as he's healthy, probably is the right tackle going uh, forward throughout the entire seven. 
and they'll just live with if Walker Little doesn't really get a lot of time this year. They'll live with it, and he'll be handed the right tackle job going into 2023. And they'll basically say, all right, you, you were never able to beat Juwan Taylor out. He's gone. Now you need to elevate your play and take over this job and elevate it over where Juwan Taylor had it. Um, I'd be surprised if they bring in a lot of competition at that spot. So, But yeah, in terms of Snoop Connor, absolutely I'd like to see him. Look, you've had him in the building every day since July 26th. He's not ready to play? Come on. How is he yeah. not ready to play? I mean, what are you yeah. teaching him? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I, he's had plenty of time. So, uh, yes, if, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd, ha- I'd have no problem playing him Sunday uh, over Jermichael Hasty, But, you know, I get he's got to show it and he's got to earn that. But, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, if they lose a couple more of these games and, and they get that ninth loss that secures the losing season – yeah, at that point, I think uh, a guy like Snoop Connor, you, you you absolutely put him out there. What do you have to lose? Yep, you got nothing to lose at all. So you hope that as far as that pick to move forward, as far as uh, another round in the draft, it would be nice for James Robinson to pick up more than 10 yards, uh, as he did last week on seven <laughs> carries against the New England Patriots. All right, let's get ready to, to wrap things up. And as we do... Uh, you know, what, what are you thinking? I, I got another, you know, I got another four quarter football game. I think it's going to be slightly low scoring. I, I kind of look at Baltimore, you know, give me a 23, 20 Baltimore win over the Jags. I think that's a really good pick. That's, that's the same kind of game I see. I'll go just a little bit lower. I'll say, uh, Baltimore wins the game 19 to 16, uh, something, something to that effect, but we're on the. I think we're on the the same the same track here. I think it's a uh, competitive game, but ultimately a frustrating one because I think the Jaguars are going to lose the game. So, uh, so we will see. And uh, man, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, Rick. I uh, want to thank our our sponsor, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, again for all your car insurance needs. Give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call four seven one seven one five five. Let him look at your policy. He's going to tell you one of two things. John's going to say. Uh, I've reviewed this. I can't help you. I can't save you any money. You got a good policy. Life moves on. Or he's going to be able to say, look, could we take this out? Tell me about this. I can absolutely save you some money. Um, and, and you owe it to yourself. It's something we all have to have. You might as well you know, have the most affordable car insurance policy you can, uh, you can have. So give John Spicklemeyer a call, 471-7155. Sounds great, Hayes. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And for our listeners, do the same. Be safe. Drive safe. You can get me at Baloo1010XL. How do they reach you? Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, Rick. Uh, reach out to me at Hayes Carlion. Folks, enjoy the game. Great weekend. Family, friends, and food. And we'll see you over at the bank coming up Sunday. Jacksonville taking on Baltimore for Hayes Carlion. I'm Rick Baloo. This is Death, Taxes, and Duval. Break.